Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hello and welcome back to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as the worst podcast ever. The podcast where we talk music and other stuff and things. We're your idiot hosts. I'm Amanda. I'm Evan. So, Evan, this is our second episode. Is there anything that you want to share with our listeners before we begin? This was a mistake. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. I don't know if I'm talking about just the podcast or us in general, but this was a mistake. That's that's great. So, okay, let's get started. Do you have any uh, corrections that you want to share and address from last week? I do, but my notes are all the way over there, and I did not have that ready. So... So maybe later? Maybe later. Okay. I'll add those at the end. Okay. So this week we're discussing 1972 Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by the one and only David Bowie. This album falls at number 171 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list and is considered to be the album that created a shift in rock music, allowing artists to create an image and persona that was specifically created for one album. So in this episode, I will be talking more about the history and um, some interesting facts, and Evan will t- talk more about the cultural significance and the, the charting and, and singles and reviews on it. Um, so let's get started. Ziggy Stardust is Bowie's fifth studio album and was written at the same time that he was recording Hunky Dory with Bowie playing the acoustic guitar, the sax, and the harpsichord in addition to singing. Bowie wanted to change the music industry because he believed it was too boring. He wanted to create an overall show instead of just making music. Despite positive reviews of the musicality of the album, the first first tour of Ziggy Stardust did not go over well. It actually took a performance of Starman on the BBC for the album to really take off. The idea of Ziggy, the character Ziggy, was largely based on British rocker Vince Taylor, who, after taking too many drugs and suffering an emotional breakdown, had considered himself to be an alien god on Earth. Other influences included Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, with the name Ziggy coming from a tailor shop Bowie saw from a train. This character then developed into an omnisexual alien rock star, who had been sent to Earth as a messenger with the overall message of hope for the failing human race. Bowie wanted this character to become a hybrid not only of what rock music was, but what of it, what it could eventually become. We can see this glam rock influence in today's artists like the Eurythmics, Depeche Mode, Moby, Nine Inch Nails, and Lady Gaga. Rob Halford from Judas Priest notes that Bowie took his fans on a journey giving them an experience. That no one else could touch this type of imagery that Bowie had created with each record, claiming that Bowie was the master of disguise. Bowie eventually became bored with his Ziggy character. Keeping Ziggy throughout the release of the next album, Aladdin Sane, Bowie later killed Ziggy on July 3rd, 1973 during a performance at London's Hammersmith Odeon, claiming that Ziggy had been destroyed by his own fans and excesses. Overall, this new persona took a mental and physical toll on Bowie, noting that he was, quote, wasted and miserable. Personal opinion, while the music is sensational, I think this onstage persona kind of overshadowed all of that. When you say the name Ziggy Stardust, people can immediately picture the character, the one from the album cover. Do you have anything to add? 
well, you took all my spot. You took all my points that I wanted to make. Maybe that's why we should have a pre-production meeting. Fuck that. Uh, see. Okay, so you said that Ziggy was an omnisexual alien rock star. Yes. The rest of the article that I read says that he. So it starts with that. Uh, sent to Earth as a messenger. Uh, Bowie's plot loosely was that humanity was in its final five years of existence and he was a messenger of hope. Uh, wild hedonistic figure, mm-hmm. but. And the first song he, off the album is called Five Years, isn't it? Yeah. And it. So even though he's this crazy character, he communicates peace and love. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that's at necessarily in there because I'm I don't know a whole lot of how to interpret lyrics mm-hmm. but that's why people are smarter than me people that are smarter than me write these things and I don't mm-hmm. anything else to add uh there's a I get I don't know if it's a sticker or if it's just printed on the back of the original UK release it says this album is to be played at maximum volume really I wonder why. Did you find a reason for that? No, it was, uh, I don't remember if it was a review of the 2015 release, but it, it mentioned that just little kind of snippet in there. Do you have anything else to add, or did you say all your points? I said all my points. So I didn't learn my lesson from last time, so I still didn't do the assignment properly. So this What, time, what assignment? Of how to just write things out normally and how to speak normally so we're gonna do a little bit of a timeline when it comes to the release and all of that for singles and everything okay okay so february of 1972 he's just cranking songs out left and right because he had just done hunky dory right so i said that he was writing this at the same time yeah so he's just cranking out songs left and right so he found a band that he liked. I don't remember if it was their tour went bad or their album wasn't selling great, but they were about ready to break up. So he offered them Suffragette City. And they said, no, it's, it's not really our style. So he said, fuck it. I'll record it myself. And he records it and he throws it on the album. And I can see your face and you're wanting to know who it is. And I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So Suffragette City is recorded. The album's ready to go. So they go to RCA and says, here you go. Here's the album. And RCA says, well, that's great, but there's not really anything as a single. So what are we going to do about that? So he takes a step back and says, okay, there's this Chuck Berry cover on here. You know, we can get rid of that. We're going to write Starman. Wait, what was the Chuck Berry cover? Uh, Around and Around. Okay. I, bl- I believe that's what it was. Yeah, it was... So, that's gone. I'm sure it's on one of the rarities or whatever. So, he writes Starman. So, that wasn't even a thing going into this album. That was kind of a last minute, which is weird considering that's one of the ones that fits the theme right. the best. One of the better known songs. Yeah. So, that gets released as a single in april it goes up to 
65 in the U.S. and number 10 in the U.K. It's got the B-side of Suffragette City, who they, what, yeah, which they turned down. Mm-hmm. The song that they didn't turn down was All the Young Dudes. It was Mott the Hoople. Is it Hoople or Hopple? I think it's Hoople. Mott the Hoople. Okay, continue. So they took All the Young Dudes, which was actually, which was written in the same time frame. I don't know if you knew that was Bowie. No, because I was trying to figure out when you sent me the text that said, listen to, like, I have homework, and then you sent me the song, and then you sent me the word related, and yeah. I had no idea what the hell you were talking about. Yeah, it's about. related. Yeah, it's written right. by, it was written at the same time frame. So that was released in May. So even though it's not technically his single, I'm still including that in there. Okay. Because it was written at the same time. That went up to... Number three in the UK and 37 in the US. Okay. So now it's June. The album gets released. And it's just kind of one of those, yeah, this, this album's here. It's not really doing a whole lot. It's just kind of sitting there. So then in July is the Top of the Pops performance. Is that the BBC one? Yeah. Have you seen the picture? Of him in that outfit? No, uh, probably. Like the all Wonder Woman outfit, like all the red and yellow and yes, yeah, yeah. That and that essentially launched it on the TV in the UK, and the album just takes off after that. I know I keep hitting it. It's not gonna show up. Go ahead, say it. Just continue. So that's my notepad is dead. So that comes out in 70. July. Yeah. And then it takes off. So then is when you were saying that in 73, he's at the Hammersmith. He didn't necessarily, I don't think he said that he was retiring Ziggy. He, I think he said, I'm done. And nobody knew if that was Bowie or if that was Ziggy. Mm. Because it's at that point... Um, quote by him, at first I just assumed that character on stage. Then everybody started to treat me as they treated Ziggy, as though I were the next big thing, as though I moved masses of people. I became convinced I was a messiah. Very scary. I woke up fairly quickly. At that point you realize, okay, you know, this is, this is too much. Mm -hmm. So he kills off character mm -hmm. so his next album comes out aladdin sang mm -hmm. which i think was described as ziggy goes to america okay and then pinups comes out i don't know anything off of it but you know it, it exists in the category and diamond dogs is getting ready to come out in april of or in may of 74 so in february of 74 RCA releases Rebel Rebel because for the upcoming album, mm -hmm. and then they want new material. You know they they pushed it too early. They need something to go forward, so they release Rock and Roll Suicide as a single. Two years after the album came out, which 
was a dumb move because anybody who wanted to hear the song already had the album. Right. And at that point, that character is done. Um, it went up to, the album went to number five in the UK and number 75 in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, sold about one and a half million in the UK and about 500,000 in the US, which seems a little low. Yeah. But, you know, it's, again, it got a slow start, so maybe it was just that little push at the end is yeah. what sent it. Um, got favorable reviews. Um, I found a Rolling Stone review from July of 72. Okay. Um, I did find a couple quotes that I want to, I want to, I want to read quote for quote. Okay. Uh, the record in which he unites the major strengths of his previous work and comfortably reconciles himself to some apparently inevitable problems. Flamboyance and outrageousness are inseparable from that campy image of his. Uh, employment of broadly mannered styles and deliveries, a boggling variety of vocal nuances that provide the program with the necessary depth, a verbal verbal acumen that is now more economic and no longer clouded by storms of psychotic frenzied music and finally a thorough command of the elements of rock and roll so real quick on that uh, on the lyrics so he's british right if you listen to it there's instead of telly puts the word tv and in, uh news guy so he's more american quote-unquote american slang mm. and there and there's i think i think i was reading there's a third one but i don't know what that was right away so he's trying to just appeal more to the american audiences yeah uh two more quotes uh just how big and tough is your rock and roll star how much of him is bluff and how much inside is very frightened and helpless and is this what comes of our happily dubbing someone as bigger than life? The one that I don't quite understand. You know, hang on to yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it's towards the end of the album. Hang on to yourself is both a kind warning and an irresistible erotic rocker. What? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's in the Rolling Stone review. And I don't quite know what that's supposed to mean. So he's on, he's on the tour. And I don't know if it's just this tour or all of them, but he's played most of this album live. I mean, there were a couple tracks that are, I think there's one that wasn't played, but I don't remember which one it was. And there's one, there's a couple that have only been played six or seven times. So if you had to guess, what is the most played song off this album? I want to say Ziggy Stardust, but I feel like that's wrong. Ziggy Stardust and Suffragette City are the two most played songs off the album. Suffragette City would have been my other guess. I would have thought Starman would have been played uh -huh. a little bit more than it has. But. So, now we're going to jump up 30 years. So it's, okay. So, it's 2004. He's playing a show in Germany. Uh, the So, he plays the show. Like, the regular set list. And then he does a couple of the encore songs. 
And two of the last three, I think the first encore song was Life on Mars. The last two songs are Suffragette City and Ziggy Stardust. The problem is, during this show, he's having chest pain. And actually, according to the bassist, passes out after he's going off stage at the end of the show. So the last full performance of his career, the last song that he plays is Ziggy Stardust. There's interesting. A, there are a couple, I don't, I'm going to equate it to like going on one of the talk shows and playing a song here and there. So I think he maybe played, I would say a dozen songs from that concert until his death. And now that he's dead, the album gets new life, uh, goes up to number 21 on the Billboard 200. It's actually his second best-selling album. What's the first? I think it's last, Let's Dance. Okay. Which is, and it's still, it was like seven and a half million for Ziggy Stardust, I think, when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Which just seems really low mm-hmm. for how much it brought. Um, I did find another site that we're going to have to look at eventually. Acclaimed Music. It's uh, essentially you take all the lists, like all these top ten lists, for like the best albums of 1980. And it was number two on this list. And it's number ten on this list. And it's number whatever on this list. So it combines all that and basically makes it Nice and simple. Okay, it's the sixth best album of this year. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's how that site works. It's the number two album of 1972. Do you have any guesses to what number one is? In 72? Yeah. I don't know. Is Is it something from the Beatles? Stones. Stones. Okay. Exile on Main Street. It's on this list too, isn't it? I think so. It's the number one album of 1972, according to putting all these together. Uh, the sixth most acclaimed album of the 70s and the 19th most acclaimed album in history. And then, so he he dies in 2016. Mm-hmm. In 2017, it was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry, like Sgt. Pepper was, the Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add? Well, you gave a lot of information as to, like, where it charted, and you talked about a lot of the music, but you didn't really cover the importance of, like, the Ziggy character so much. I had, I have something, but I had it under final thoughts. Okay, well, I guess I'll say all my stuff that I brought to the TV tray table. Um, so this album, it was considered to be the stepping stone for the next generations of artists across the board, especially those in the punk movement, movement and was responsible for the quote-unquote rebirth of rock and pop. At this time, many artists were taking part of what was known as drag rock syndrome, with artists like Alice Cooper and Queen leading the way. However... What made Bowie different here is that he didn't let his sexuality define him, nor did he hide it. So it was around this time I read that he came out as, I don't think it, is it bi or gay? I think it was gay. Yeah. And And I don't remember 
I don't remember who it was to, but I think that was maybe a month or so before the album comes out. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't... You're talking at a time where, you know, being gay was still not acceptable. People were afraid of AIDS and all this stuff, and Bowie's like, fuck it. AIDS pandemic later. I think AIDS was 80s. Okay. But still, like, it's a sin. It's not a thing we do. And Bowie's like, fuck it. And he just let it be a natural part of his music. And not just his music and the Ziggy character, but the Bowie that he presented to the rest of the public. Um, Ziggy created a new standard for theatrical rock and roll, setting out a visionary direction for pop music in the future. And he used this chance to create a new persona that, in a sense, defied sexuality. So this alien was an omnisexual character it's yes finish it well you just you just interrupted me and then by the time i finish saying what i'm gonna say you're gonna forget what you need to say just say your goddamn thing finish (sighs) my god so he matched the entertainment of his stage persona to the music ensuring that the message behind his music was not lost among his wild looking costumes Ziggy Stardust introduced artists to a new level of artistic freedom and redefined how these artists could approach musical performance and creative representation. It challenged norms and it shocked the sexually repressed. I can't remember where I found that quote, but I do have my resources. Um, So Ziggy's considered to be the album where Bowie finally hit his musical stride and created a distinctive sound. So it's the place where you see it and they're like, Yes, this is this is Bowie. And then I have more on the sound. Oh my god, just say your things. No, because I have more on I have All more right. to expand on the sound later. <sighs> the lyrics are deep and nothing from the album feels forced. It flows well together and works to tell a story from the listeners or to the listeners. So, you know, last week we were talking Sgt. Pepper and I said it was meant to be listened to start to finish, only stopping to flip it over, and you argued with me that it was not a concept album. Ziggy was meant to be a concept album. It tells a story about this this alien god coming to Earth to save the people and give them a message of hope. And then at the end of it, he leaves. Um, the music is biting, catching, and mesmerizing with a rebellious attitude and aggressive repro- repro- uh, approach. Please say your things. So, uh, this is another Rolling Stone article. Uh, these were gonna, these next two things were gonna be on my final thoughts, but I'm gonna save them now because they kind of all apply here. Okay. The one from the Rolling Stone article, uh, but Ziggy had achieved what Bowie set out to do. He altered music forever by introducing the notion of the rock star as a fearless changeling who could recast image and persona when necessary, whether the audience was ready or not. Mm Mm-hmm. And according to Apple Music, it gives their little description of the album. Uh, Helped loosen binaries around gender, sexuality, performance, and identity. Okay. Anything else? Nope. I think we're ready to move on to personal reviews. Okay, so do you want to do your personal review first? Nope. You want me to go first? Yep, because my reviews... Have we, have we, as we have seen, as with Sgt. Peppers, are going to cause a lot of stir. So I will let you go first so I can marinate on how to properly say it. So do you just, like, want to stir the pot on purpose? 
I want you to give your honest opinion and not, not just say things that are going to get people to yell at you. I mean, you're going to yell at me regardless of what I say. That's what a wife does, apparently. So, um, my overall thoughts on this, before, before we started this podcast, I was only familiar with the songs Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, and just the chorus of Starman, to be honest. And I think I picked that up I, from that, a commercial. Yeah, I think I knew the chorus. Yeah. So, in general, I don't know much about his work. He's just not one that I wanted to hear more from. That's not saying he's bad. I think he's great. You know, I think that he's, he's he was good at what he did, but it just, he was never one that I wanted to look into more. Um, so, that being said, knowing what I know about this album, like the whole story and the concept behind it, I really did enjoy it. I love the fact that it's a concept album that tells a story. Um, you know, as part of, part of this project in researching the history and the cultural impact, we do listen to it. So, I it, it's gonna force me to listen to th- some things rush. that yeah rush Re- listen to some things that I would not choose to listen to on my own. So that that's good. I got I actually got to listen to the whole thing and give it a chance, and I'm interested in hearing more of his work, which is kind of something that I was looking forward to in doing this podcast is learning about more things and probably the one you're going to go to next is the one right after this where Ziggy goes to America that's the one with Mm. the uh, lightning bolt okay I think so my least favorite song was soul love it just it was just too slow for me and just kind of meh okay and my favorite song was Ziggy Stardust mostly because of the guitar riff in the beginning and then just the guitar throughout I I just I like it and I remember that was on Guitar Hero or Rock Band or one of the one yeah, of the two and I Guitar Hero. Yeah, I used to play that all the time just because I enjoyed that melody. So your review. <laughs> okay, so we'll start <laughs> by making it simple. Um, Starman, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, and actually hang on to yourself. Okay. Those are the ones I'm keeping for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else, it's not bad. It's not good. It's again, it's just just not something you're into. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's not that I'm not into. It's it's just kind of for now. It's it's just there. So here's how I'm going to explain the album to somebody who hasn't listened to it. Go from take all of the music from about 1976. And go all the way up to 1976. And kind of just mash it all together. Wait, what years? 66 to 76. Okay. So a little bit earlier to a little bit later. And I have notes as to what's on what songs. Like, I'm hearing... Okay, my list. So, when did you listen to it today? Yesterday. Okay. So it might not be as fresh. Did you hear any Pink Floyd? A little bit. Did you hear? I you're not as familiar with them. King Crimson. Mm. The main one is 21st Century Schizoid Man. Okay. I hear the saxophone and I hear the the type of the drum sound on uh, on Moon Age Daydream, as I I heard that drum. It, it's not necessarily the the beat, but it just sounds. I don't know if it's the way it was recorded or, but it's the it's the actual sound of the drum. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Bob Dylan? Yeah, 
Kind of, yeah. Zeppelin? Yeah. Elton John? Yeah. Beatles? Yeah. Boston? Mmm. Ziggy Stardust? Okay. Chicago? A little bit. The Kinks? Yeah. So it's everything... It's like the five years before and the five years after. It's This is like the definitive of that era. It has a little bit of everything. Because like, I have I have it written down as to like I heard what which songs I heard, like what influences. Because I could hear The Wall in five years. Okay. So it's, if you... The best way is if it's all of that in one album. So if you if you're taking from any of that, and you can definitely tell where it's it's sprinkled across, like okay, like yeah, I can hear this here. Whereas with Sgt. Pepper's that we did, it's like okay, I can hear it, but you can say hey, I'm influenced by this album, but it's a little bit harder to tell. Mm-hmm. This you can definitely. And I, I do think that's a little bit better. Okay. So what would you rate it? It's about a B, I think is what I had it at. Did we decide on a, are we doing letters? Oh, yeah. I did hey, by the way, I did rating. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we communicate so well. I did numbers. I okay. gave it a four out of five. Which is a B. Okay. <laughs> uh... I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it felt like it was over. Like, as soon as it started, it was over. What does that mean? Like, it it felt like it, I, I put the album on, and as soon as I hit play, it's like I was... So, the track list is... Okay, so it starts with five years. I felt like as soon as I finished five years, it was on Rock and Roll Suicide. I I don't understand what you're trying to say right now. Like, it didn't drag. There are no... Like, you know, you were talking about Soul Love just kind of as a slower song. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel... So you thought the pacing was good? Yeah. There you go. English Math. language. <laughs> Math. Okay. So, any final thoughts? Uh, Not that I did Not that you didn't already say? Nope. Because I don't have... I don't know how to note. All right. Well, here's my final thoughts. Okay. Overall, I thought it was a great album, and I, I love the story it tells. I'm, I'm a sucker for things that have a great story, whether it's a, a like a TV show that, that the story arc is really good or an album. You know, it, the story is what does it for me. It's not just a song that's like, I love you, and I have a dog, and I have a truck, and here it is you know it's like i love this whole there's a story to the whole thing um i really appreciate what it's done not just for music but for the lgbtq plus community um it's good music it's just not what i'm into okay so you ready to cite your sources yeah but i'm gonna let you go first with sources I'd like to say that you're you're under the impression that ladies ladies first, but it's just because you want me to do it and get it out of the way so you know how to format yours and do uh, it right. 
So thank you to Ziggy Stardust, How Bowie Created the Alter Ego That Changed Rock by Alan Light, published on June 16th, 2016 in Rolling Stone. Hey, (laughs) that's not fair. (laughs) You can also give them a thank you when it's your turn. Thank you to The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, Author Unknown, published on roughtrade.com. Thank you to The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars um, by Richard Cromlin, published July 20th, 1972 in The Rolling Stone. I'm done with my sources. (laughs) This is two. This is two for two. I don't need to cite any any of my sources. She already did it. Thank you to Ziggy Stardust by David Bowie, author unknown, published November 20th, 2012 in the Classic Rock Review. Thank you to David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by Jordan Bloom, uh, published July 12th, 2012 on popmatters.com. And thank you to How David Bowie Created Ziggy Stardust by Colin Bertram, published December 17th, 2020 on biography.com. Did you have more than two sources? Mm-hmm. Was one of them Wikipedia? No. Okay, so now you can say thank you to these other sources. Okay. Well, I'm going to thank David Bowie for creating the album then. Are you kidding? You're an <laughs> idiot. You took all my sources, <laughs> so I had to come up with something. This is also why we need to plan things better. But no, don't. you're just like, let's wing it. Okay. Wing, wing, wing. Jesus Christ. So, okay, before we leave... Um, do you have any recommendations or anything you're really into this this past week that you want to share? Uh, yeah. My recommendation is don't do drugs. That's... But if you do, you might create something like this. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, my recommendation, and I know I'm, I'm way behind the times, but I've really gotten into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, I was watching it last week on the Switch, and... I didn't have headphones in and you were doing whatever you were doing on the computer or on the TV. And do you remember all of a sudden you asked me like if I hired a professional camera crew to follow me around because like all you could hear was me. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Vaguely. It just, it cracks me up. I mean, they're terrible people and I'm not saying I'm a terrible person. That's kind of what you were (laughs) It just, it makes me, it's so ridiculous. And I say some of the most ridiculous things like at work to my co-workers and it's it just it makes me laugh and i'm like i said i'm really behind the times i just started watching this show but at least yes. your co-workers talk to you that's fair so uh if you don't have anything else let's uh say goodbye well thank you for listening to our second episode hopefully the audio is better this time um if you like what you hear which you probably do not, uh, feel free to leave us a review and uh, a, and rate us. And please rate us good because I might cry. Um, you can follow you us. You won't cry. You're dead inside. Shut up. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the, no, at WorstPodOnMars and email us at WorstPodOnMars at gmail.com. You don't even know where we live? I don't. No, no, absolutely not. Um, Come back next week for our next album, Nirvana's Nevermind. Bye-bye.